what we do here is go back, 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 back. Breaking news for everybody out there. The Sacramento Kings have officially clenched a playoff berth for the first time in 17 years. What up? Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald, rocking it solo for this episode. Andy is out this week. He has a few family members on the IR. Raiders go up to Allie and Avery, both sick, uh, along with the, another little one at home. Andy is on extra daddy duty as well he should be. So prayers up for you guys right now, Andrew. Hope all is well. But as we go into this, I will be rocking it solo uh, we got a somewhat of a quick one for you guys here today, but there's just some things that had come across the ticker happened recently that I wanted to touch on, right? I feel like we're just always pegging non in season stuff as the dog days, but this is kind of a dog day askness till we get to the NFL draft, right? We're in that in between stage. Free agency is kind of meh, fizzled out a little bit in regards to anything fancy. We do have the draft coming up at the end of April. But until then, we are in this in-between time of what news drops, what people are getting signed, if there are any little stuff here and there, right? So first thing, the NFL has announced that they are now going to make it eligible for um, a team to have multiple Thursday night games. So previously up to this point, they were only allowed to have one Thursday night game in a season, mainly being because of the way things pan out when you have you play a Sunday and then you got to turn around and play a Thursday, right? They try not to line up anything where like teams play. I don't think they allow teams to play like Monday, Thursday, not positive on that. Don't quote me, but nonetheless is more of a health safety reason than anything I assume. But when they started introducing the Thursday night games, they made it where teams can only play one Thursday night game. They have changed that. Now they are going to make it possible that teams can play two Thursday night games. Now, it is not something that is able to be flexed. So they're talking about essentially teams being scheduled two Thursday night games. At least for now, until probably near future, they are not allowed to flex Thursday night games yet. So that being said, this new rule is going to implement that there's a possibility that teams may have more than one Thursday night game in a season. Apparently, ratings for Amazon were down quite a bit uh, towards the end of the end of the year, uh, right? As these Thursday night matchups dwindled, as everyone knows, uh, Amazon Prime got the rights to the Thursday games. Such a weird thing, just having to try to like, well, let me log into my Amazon video account so I could watch Thursday night football. Nonetheless, that is the world we live in today. So essentially, they are figuring out some way to kind of curb the loss of television ratings or streaming ratings, whatever you want to call it. And they are giving them the ability to kind of make things easier on the scheduling process, right? Because they're trying to figure out how to make it all work, make each week seem like something that would be want to be watched, right? But she can only have so many combinations if, you know, teams can only have one Thursday night game. So 
I think that what this is going to transition to, let's just make it about the Raiders, right? Let's not just say, hey, the NFL, let's make it about the Raiders. I feel like every single year you can count on the Raiders either playing the Chiefs or the Chargers on a Thursday night game every year. Seems like one of them's happening. Well, here you go. You got the chance to see both now. However, it's going to pan out to where the NFL is going to make the Raiders play two Thursday night games. Maybe be the only team. Them and like the Jaguars probably. The Jaguars and Titans might play a Thursday night game just like two weeks in a row. And maybe because ever since like the color rush kind of worked its way into things, you know, it's not really much of a thing now. But the Jaguars, Titans, Thursday night color rush game just seems like an every year event now. And I think we're going to transition to a point where we might even see the Raiders getting a couple Thursday night games. Can't pick between the Chargers and the Chiefs on who they're going to play. Why not give them both? Right. So that'll be interesting to see how things move forward. There are already getting flack for it because for a league that is so like front facing about like player safety and stuff like that, they're like, hey, remember when we made you have, you know, a Thursday night game and turn around and play off of three days once a year? Well, you might have to do that twice this time because guess what? Ratings are down. So it's very interesting. Uh, I, I'm I'm not surprised by it, whatever it's going to take, get those revenues up, right? But at this point, nothing is surprising and everything seems to be some type of like, let's just wing it, test it out. If it works and it's good, great. We'll deal with the flack. If it doesn't work, then we'll take it away and be like, yeah, you know, you guys are right. You guys are right. We didn't need that. We didn't need to be doing that. So anyways, a lot of people had things to say via the internet, via Twitter, as always. Twitter always has all of the things to say. But the next thing I wanted to touch on was essentially the Raiders, you know, kind of going out and pulling in their uh, replacements, plural, for Darren Waller. They went out and signed OJ Howard, former Buccaneers tight end. They also went out and signed Austin Hooper, you know, very talented players, both not as talented as Darren Waller, but I think they both together will have, will be able to bring some athleticism to this team at the tight end position that frankly is going to you know take the two of them to make up for Waller, but your best ability is your availability. So if they can stay healthy, uh, you know, and play, play some meaningful football, then that's all that matters, right? I think what we're seeing is I think we're seeing Zeigler and we're seeing uh, McDaniels just bringing in a bunch of talent to try to make up for the loss of somebody, right, with Waller. They obviously traded him away, and there's a lot of underlying things that went into that situation, obviously. But Austin Hooper at one point, very good tight end. O.J. Howard, someone who didn't necessarily live up to the – uh, expected talent coming out of college. But I think that in this system where we're just trying to get the ball to the playmakers, you've got Devontae Adams, obviously, top wide receiver in the league. Uh, we still have Hunter Renfro, which that'll be a topic we will get to in a second. You've got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. And then now that Darren Waller is gone, you have to fill that void. But I think filling that void with complementary players like this uh, is, is going to bode well to the narrative of like, you know, there's only one football, right? Devontae Adams, he is going to get his touches. 
you're going to see those times, if he's still on the team, where Hunter Renfro is getting fed the ball because they're maneuvering things for him, right? You're not going to have all these different entities that you're like, well, this guy's got to get fed. That guy's got to get fed. How are they going to get this guy the ball? As you do when, and okay, maybe I'm grasping at straws of like, we don't have as high a power players at these positions that we used to, but there's only one ball, right? There's only one ball. So bringing in OJ Howard, Austin Hooper, I think we're getting some quality players at the position that will suffice. Needless to say, I think there's a chance that we do still target someone in the draft, a tight end, right? Get some young talent in there as well. But I'm not so distraught and broken up by this Waller trade anymore because I feel like they still have a plan. They're still doing something. They still got talent at the position that they brought in. We're not rocking with Jesper Horstead, which we all know wasn't going to be a good idea, nor should it have been the idea moving forward. But nonetheless, very excited. Uh, We brought those guys in. I'm excited to see what happens, what they will do. And uh, we shall see if they are going to be able to give everybody what they want out of a uh, Josh McDaniels double tight end offense um, that we've seen so successful previously, minus the guilty verdict. Anyways, before we get into this next segment, I want to let you guys know who this episode is brought to you by. As always, it's brought to you by DraftKings. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway. And the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code TPPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay, so the last thing that I would like to touch on um, is just kind of a culmination um, of a few different things, and it, and it started and kind of is pegging from uh, the Raiders' recent acquisition and signing of wide receiver DeAndre Carter. Uh, he signed a one-year deal up to $2.375 million. He is a former Los Angeles Charger. He's coming off a career-best season, 46 catches, 538 yards, and three touchdowns. His biggest contribution really was what he did as a punt returner and special teams in general. He was ranked second in the NFL in yards uh, per punt return. So it really helped out their special teams. He also, um, you know, had a, had a very decent uh, support role as, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver three, probably on that team for the Chargers. So very fast. Uh, going to be a nice little tool for Garoppolo um, to have on the offense. The reason that I, you know, kind of bring this up on top of the fact that it's like, okay, the Raiders signed someone else. As we look at it, the Raiders have brought in DeAndre Carter. They have brought in Jacoby Myers, and they have brought in Philip Dorsett. 
both Dorsett and Carter very much be pegged for like special teams guys, you know, on top of what can you contribute to in the, in the offense itself. So for me, this begs the question, where do we sit at with Hunter Renfro now? And that's not to say that these guys are coming in to take over Hunter Renfro's spot, but where is Hunter Renfro at in the future for this team now? Um, and, and does it seem like, they see a future for him. So there's two sides of this coin, right? There's one that says Hunter Renfro has been very great for us. Uh, He has proven more than his worth of a fifth round draft pick. And he is someone who has the ability to run every route in the route tree at every level, very well versed in his route running in general. So what that does is that puts three different people in Adam's uh, now Jacoby Myers coming in, who already has known the system, and Renfro, who can really run any route at any level um, that you need them to. So that reinforces um, the offense in itself as far as a bunch of weapons and being able to move them around and use them at his discrepancy and do whatever it takes to get the best outcome, regardless of whether you're an X or a Z or a Y or what have you, he'll put you wherever he wants. And if it brings success, that's what they're going to do. Right. And so um, now having Myers Adams and Renfro on this team, you essentially got three different wide receivers who can do whatever you want them to do at any level of the field. The other part of that too is Hunter Renfro has done all of the punt return stuff for the Raiders uh, whenever he's been healthy. Um, and he has been very good at doing that uh, when healthy. Uh, that it was always one of those things where it's like, why is he back there? Like, why are you letting him return puns? Why is he back there? But he was so good at it that it was like, you can't not have him back there because in the off chance that our defense got the other team to punt, we needed somebody back there that was going to help further that along and help our offense as much as possible. So it could be that they're bringing these other guys in, guys that were well-known to have success as uh, returners and special teams players in order for Renfro to not have to be back there anymore, not have to do that because he is going to be someone that is more involved and a more intricate part of the offense. Now that we are in a situation where we have a quarterback who can use the whole playbook at his disposal, we may see a whole different side of that slot receiver Renfro offensive game that we haven't seen. And granted, Renfro was having some injury issues, right? And really wasn't much to slot in there for him on top of the playbook being a little limited as it was and being very much Devontae Adams heavy in reads and and go-to plays and all that kind of stuff. It's going to be exciting to see it actually be opened up to its fullest potential um, and to see really where where Renfro can shine within this. The opposite end of that coin is that the Raiders are starting to purge and pillage a little bit of uh, the old brass and what they had built, right? There was word many moons ago, Foscall and many moons ago, Someone reported that the new Raiders regime was going to bring in their guys 
that would even be at the potential expense of some in-house stars and that people in the NFL were going to keep an eye on Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, right? That was two months ago, maybe three months ago, probably two months ago, month and a half, two months ago. Anyways, that's semantics at this point. So we saw Darren Waller get dealt. And a lot of people had questions on whether Renfro was going to get dealt. We got to a point where we were coming up on like the Friday that would guarantee him um, just about all his money this year. That came and passed, right? So that was a big like, is he going to get traded? Is he not? It is completely different than the Darren Waller situation. And I could have seen that happening um, if they had the right price. That was completely different than the Derek Carr situation where like they had a deadline or they were stuck on for $40 million at the most important position in the NFL, right? Renfro wholeheartedly can still contribute to this offense. And for the price that we are paying him, still pretty cheap price in general, right? But I think that there's a good chance you may see him still be dealt if they get the right offer or if they are trying to do something in regards to moving up in the draft or, you know, packaging him with something to kind of like sweeten the deal on something, right? But when you got this front office bringing in a bunch of receivers like this, it makes you wonder like, all right, something going on with the people that are already in-house, namely the guy who has been rumored to be traded already and plays the same type of position that all these other guys that are getting brought in play. It'll be very interesting to see how things unfold and plan out leading up to the draft. I think one precedent that is being uh, kind of shown here and what the Raiders are really, what's really telling about the, what the Raiders are doing right now is that all, almost all of their free agent resources have gone into the offense, which the offense was always the best part of our team, right? So the offense in itself should be the the position that you are retooling to improve via free agency. I think what they're showing is that they are going to go all in on defense for this draft, with the exception of maybe snagging a quarterback somewhere in there. If so, let's hope it's the first two rounds. But nonetheless, I think this Raiders team that has I want to say 12 or 13 picks in the draft. I think they are setting a precedent that they know that this defense needs more talent and needed to have some big additions. And I think they are wholeheartedly planning on using a lot of those draft resources for the defense. And I am very excited about that because that's going to mean young guys, top end talent coming in uh, at positions of need and on a, Defense that very much needs a high influx of talent. So I think there's a lot of different things going on right now. I think there's a lot of different things that can be said about the moves that have been made, uh, the moves that haven't been made, moves that might be made. But nonetheless, I'm excited to see what is unfolding and what's transpiring right now from all this stuff. I'm excited for the draft to get here. I'm really excited to see what is in store for this team and what it's going to look like post-draft and to get into all of that. I am sorry for my brother who cannot be here because his family is sick at the moment, but somehow we're here holding it down 
without you. I did not think it was going to happen or be possible, but here we are. So I hope you guys enjoyed this quick one. Really just me rambling on about a whole lot of nothing. But needless to say, we are in the dog days of free agency before the draft starts right in that little limbo stage. And as always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Go check out the Raider Take YouTube channel. Uh, Go like and subscribe over there as well. Hopefully we will be able to jump back into things next week with Andy. Maybe we'll do full free agency coverage um, as far as, you know, we've, we've touched on some names. I went over a few as of recently as well, but nonetheless, we will get back in here next week, get back after it one week closer to the NFL draft breaking news for everybody out there. The Sacramento Kings have officially clenched a playoff berth for the first time in 17 years. What up? So when we come to you next week, we will be in light the beam playoff mode, right? Raiders podcast, obviously, but this is an unprecedented time for Sacramento Kings fans. So, If you are one of those, like we are, good on ya. Till next week, we will talk to y'all later. Peace.